Lord, I pray that you will receive our praise tonight. Unto you we give all the honor and the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. Let's sit around and worship the Lord.
Come on, put your hands together with me. Let's sing it out, heaven thunder.
Yeah. 
Our faith is in his faithfulness. Our trust is in his trustworthiness. Faith is a gift. It cannot be created on earth's side. It's a gift. If you don't believe me, look it up. I get down to the root meaning of the word faith and you will discover it cannot be produced on earth. It's a gift God gives us. We operate from a gift point of view, not from an earning. I want to share something with you, and I, I believe it's fitting. It sets right here, right on top of us. The psalmist said, here's what I have learned. The feet of Jesus. You got some anxiety today? Let's lay it down. Let's lay it down. Come on, it's time you worship your way out. You, you've angst your way in, let's worship our way out. You've worried your way in, let's worship our way out. We're going to lay it all down right now. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we magnify, glorify. Lord, we cast all of our cares upon you. Come on, don't hold any of it back, church. Cast all your cares upon God because he cares for you. The enemies roams about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, but he's not going to get, he's going to go away hungry tonight because he's not going to get us with our cares. He's not going to bring us worry with our anxiety. We lay it all at the feet of the one who cares most for us. We lay it at the feet of Jesus. And Lord, we just worship you. We just worship you. We just worship you. We just worship you. When we were missionaries in the country of Scotland, our first convert was a young lady who came in. And we gave her a Bible. She took the Bible home. She didn't start reading it immediately. But when she would go in, she was full of such angst and anxiety in her apartment because her husband had been murdered in the apartment. But she would take that Bible and she would hold it to her chest and she'd say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And she said peace would rest upon her. All she knew was the name of Jesus. Let me tell you tonight, if it's the only thing you know tonight, it's enough. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated tonight. You may be seated tonight. I'm going to ask our ushers are going to make their way down. We're going to continue to worship the Lord tonight in offering. They're going to bring up the text again. Derek, if you can pull that up for us, we appreciate it. Tonight, the offering in its entirety was going to go to our speaker. Have you enjoyed these two days? Amen. God has been good to this house. His presence has been here from start to finish. And doesn't this group look beautiful up here? Amen. You guys just work together seamlessly like you've been together. And just you get this many worshipers in the house, you're going to have something happen. Amen. I want you right now to take your offerings in hand. And I want us to begin to bless and begin to believe. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we just thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, for the impartation. Lord, we feel like we have received an impartation, Lord God, these last two services and these two days. And Lord, we just want to thank you. And Lord, we want to honor where honor is due, Lord God. And Lord, we want to bless Pastor David and Pastor Gloria, Lord. Lord, we want them to walk away, Lord God, from Greenville, Texas, Crossroads Assembly of God. And Lord, feel the overwhelming sense of your presence, Lord, and your blessing. 
Lord, I know, Father God, that we cannot outgive you. And Lord, tonight, we just want to honor you, Lord God, by honoring them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you tonight as you give. attractive and more satisfying than the presence of God is there. This guy's been in here worshiping for an hour and a half. <laughs> just worshiping the Lord. And we've just been walking the sanctuary and enjoying the presence. Amen. Pastor Gloria, would you come? Just do whatever you want to do tonight. Amen. Come on, let's give her a hot springs welcome. Hot springs. <laughs> A greenville welcome. God, there's none like you. I don't know about you, but I'm happy. I just feel happy. I was telling uh, someone over there that I uh, set the alarm for two hours just in case I decided I want to sleep two hours. And 45 minutes into my nap, David's sound asleep, I'm, I was sound asleep, and it was like this. My eyes went, there's joy in the house of the Lord. 
And that was the end of it. That, you know, I laid there for another five minutes, and then I started moving my feet back and forth, and I was, you know, getting down with that. I said, well, shoot, I guess I'm going to have to get up. Amen. <laughs> well, God's going to do some good things tonight. I want you to sing a real happy. I know, uh, I know we sing that song, Oh, Happy Day, and they don't sing it. Do you know how to sing it? You're an he is a cappella, him, him and Krista both. I just want y'all to sing this, and then y'all catch it. And if, if you have, y'all play by ear? They do? Uh, the greatest day in history. Yeah. You yeah. have rescued me. Who in here is happy? Who in here is happy? Who's believing God's going to do something great tonight? Huh? Huh? all these oh 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 and he does I can't do it but I just want you to do that because I just want you to do that come on David you just sing it by yourself let, let David sing it Krista you can help him and I told you David no hold on hold on no more uh oh's I told David today I said from this day on See, he's, he, he's been all over Europe with me, but we're getting ready to enter in to deep waters here. And there's going to be a devil out there that's going to try to fight us, and he's going to try to fight you, this church. The first thing God ever taught me whenever he called me to preach the gospel, he said, Gloria, I'm gonna, this, you're going to spend the next 10 years learning the tricks of the enemy. And he said, then you're going to teach that to my people because Satan is very crafty. And I want to tell you, it, it's real hard to get some, something over on me now. Maybe because I'm old, I don't know. But I'll tell you what, when Satan starts moving and I start seeing the results of him and something he's doing, I instantly say, you stinking devil. See, Lester Summerall years ago, some of you may remember Lester Summerall, 
a great man of God. And his son got to listening to stuff like ACDC. Now, I know that's not in your, your generation. And uh, Highway to Hell and all that type of stuff. And Anyway, Lester Summerall, the great, the great faith teacher, his son was listening to that in his bedroom. And he thought mom and daddy's asleep, and so he just, just started listening. And guess what happened? Then devils start showing up in the son's room in the pastor's house, in the preacher's house. You know, Lester Summerall pastored a church of, what, 30,000 in the Philippines? Yeah, yeah. Then Brother Morocco took it over. And uh, anyway, he, um, all of a sudden, his, his son came into his room, and he was shaking all over. And he said, Dad, I need help. He said, what's wrong, son? He said, don't wake Mom up. But Dad, I need help. There's devils in my room. There's devils in there. He said, get in your bed with your mama and shut up. He walked down that hallway, opened the door, and walked in. He said, devil, I'm here. He said, get out of here in the name of Jesus, and don't you ever come back. And he picked up all those tapes or CDs he had and crushed them and threw them out. There is a spirit lie that he tells them. And so when going forward, it's intended to be full, it's intended to run over, it's intended to build again, it's intended God has placed you in a location. God, that's a sermon. He'll put you at the right time, at the right time, amen? And you guys right now in this building are a Holy Ghost set up. God has planned this, set it up. Throughout the eons of time, God, he knew you'd be acting like that, shaking that head, yes, it's the truth. I like him, I like him, come on. And, and so people tonight, don't listen to the voice of the enemy, amen. Now David, you thought I left you off the hook, but I didn't. Hey, Do you know?
I need to finish what I started. My daughter came to me and she said, Mother, you led them to the second fire and you didn't tell them what happened. I said, Dee Dee, they got... Oh, are y'all ready for this? Second fire. Y'all come on, Washington. Eli Moreno's church. His people are shouting, and there's fire inside the tent, and people are burning to death inside the tent. Because the, the fire is on top of the tent. It's an 800 to 1,000 seat tent. I told you y'all need to hear the rest of the story. <laughs> you behave. And so, <laughs> uh, I, I don't have another daughter to contend with. She's the only one. <laughs> Amen. Uh, anyway, Didi, you're interrupting me. No, I'm sorry. It's just, okay. It's good. I love, I love you anyway. But anyway, so. Um, the fire chief said the first uh, call that came that people said they're seeing fire. They think it's on top of that tent sitting next to the dome, the new dome. And uh, so they came out for that and uh, they circled and they started to leave. And all of a sudden he said the second truck came because they said not only did people see the, the, uh, the tent burning, but out on the lawn, in the people are laying everywhere, and I think they've either been shot or gassed. Well, here comes some more people. Here comes another truck. But he said, then I got the third call, <laughs> and this is going to affect my job and my payroll. They said that it's burning the new dome. It's on the top of the new dome that we just finished. And he said, I want to know what's going on. He said, because all over this area, the calls that we got are people that are reputable people and they said not only are people burning in the tent first call number two <laughs> number two they're laying out and I think they're all dead laying on the grass outside that tent they didn't know whether it was a mass shooting or whether I served Kool-Aid amen they didn't know what was going on and he said but when the third call came in and said the fire was on top oh, come on God is preparing a way are you listening to me but that's not the end of the story. I go back to the hotel. I go to bed. Now, remember earlier, someone had went into our room and stole a little ring. Well, I got over that and went and preached. But anyway, whenever uh, I went to bed that morning about 6 o'clock, all the preachers were rejoicing. I said, guys, I've got to go home because I've got to speak in the morning. You don't have to because I had two times that I spoke at that. And so anyway, I got to sleep and I was rejoicing in God and fell off to sleep. And all of a sudden, the fire alarms went off in that big, ho that huge hotel and fire alarms and trucks everywhere. And, and Bryant Dawson looked at me and he said, my God, Pastor, what have you done? <laughs> Could it be I'm a carrier of the fire? But I'm not through yet, so you're going to listen to the message. Y'all are finished. Get off the platform. Y'all are so sweet. Give them a hand. Aren't they wonderful? Woo, nothing, nothing like servants of God and musicians. Amen. Everyone stand to your feet.
I'm not going to talk about Israel, and I'm not going to talk about this and that and the other. I'm not going to tell you and repeat again what, what God has already told you. You've already got your assignment. That's what the Spirit of the Lord told me this afternoon. He said, Glory, they have their assignment. And I said, Well, God, what am I going to talk about now? Over in the uh, book of Exodus 33, I started to say the book of Moses. But over... <laughs> Well, I'm getting really old. I looked at Exodus 33 and looked down in verse number 12 and said Moses. So I said, turn to the book of Moses. Help me, Jesus. So anyway, Exodus 33, verse number 12. And Moses said to the Lord, does that mean that God hears? Was he just talking to thin air? No, it said, and Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Other words, that task is pretty big, God. Have you ever done that? That's a hard job. You're asking me to do something like that, and, 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 and God, there's, there's so many of them. And how, how can I do this? That's a real good problem to have. You, you preachers rejoice when you have 200. I mean, he had millions of people that he was leading through a desert place. And so he said... You want me to bring these people up, but whom will you send with me? Yet you have said, I know you by name. That should have been enough right there to think that the God of heaven knows you by name. I love that song. He knows my name. And then it says, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now that, that ought to shut you up and send you on down the road. You know, he talks to you. You talk to God. He tells you he's with you, he's leading, guiding, directing you. And then he says, you know my name. And then you said, I found favor. And you have also found favor in my sight now. Now, honey, it's on the road. Now God's getting ready to do something. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, now what he's doing is cashing in on what he heard from the voice of God. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your power. I thank you for your wisdom. I thank you, God, that you're here. And God, I'm asking that you put everyone in this building and those that are listening, streaming live around the world. Y'all didn't know that, did you? This is going all over the world. And this is streaming live all over the world. And Father, right now, God, Father, let them right now realize their assignment is right here. We are the remnant that are being built up. We are the bride that's getting ready to be presented to the Father. Father, bless them, keep them, Father, in Jesus' name. And everyone says amen. You can be seated. And so let's, let's read on with this a little bit and find out what it's all about. Now, therefore, if I found favor in your sight, please show me. Please show me. You need, to, you need to keep that in your heart. God, show me. God, show me what to do. God, don't, don't let me make a move until I hear from you. Yes. People, there's a, there's a divine timing with God. Now, I'm, I'm getting ready to get a little bit uh, pastoral, if you don't mind, because you think that I'd, I'd run around the church and leap over the benches and swing on chandeliers, but I don't. When I'm in the church, I, you know, I, I have spells. Have you ever had a spell? I have spells where I said, I can't take no more, and I take off running. And then whenever I embarrass myself, I said, because <laughs> I know I have to go back to the same position and preach. No one else is shouting. No one else is running. I'm up there shouting like I'm a crazy person, running around the building, looking at people like, what is wrong with you? 
I want to know what your problem is. Huh. Well, anyway, let me get back to pastoral talking here. So he said, God said, you know, Moses, I understand. Let me, let me bring it to where you live. Moses said, Moses, I understand, God says. He said, I know the hardship. I, I know, Moses, you feel like you've got a lot on you, but Moses, you're doing this wrong. And Moses, if you'll just listen to me, I'll show you how to do, and I'll show you where to go, and I'll tell you what not to do and what to do. And so that this, this course that he's taking right now, and, but Moses is complaining, but God, i got all these people. Man, some of them are crazy, man. They're crazy. Don't you know they're crazy? They're stupid acting. They, they don't ever listen. I, I, I preach, and they, uh, come on. they don't even listen to anything I'm saying. They'll sit in there and amen, yes, amen, jump up and down and rejoice in the Lord, and they don't do one thing that I ever said. And then they come to my office, and they said, Pastor, I've really got to talk to you. Honey, it's 2 o'clock in the morning, but I need to talk to you. I've got to talk to you right now and say, Honey, I can't wake up yet. I just took an leave. I'm sorry. I'm getting rid of all the pain right now. But, Pastor, I've got to talk to you. And I said, Okay, go ahead. And I lay there in the bed, and I said, Honey, what, what, what do you need? I did that when I got home or got back to the hotel. Had a woman insisted that she had to talk to me, and I, I talked to her, and it was a good thing. I prayed with her. But, you know, you need to understand what God is calling you to do is take a hold to, to this kingdom and the kingdom work. He's wanting you to do something. Why sit you here till you die? You know that sermon. And, you know, wh 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 why do that? Well, pastor, are you wanting me to push the envelope if need be? If you need to send some letters out and, and maybe uh, uh, send someone a I love you type card or just do something for the kingdom of God. God wants his, 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 his body to grow. He wants, listen, he wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. Are you listening to me? He wants to bless you more than what you can be blessed. I'm going to say, are y'all still with me? Y'all hang on to it. Listen, if you don't be, if you're not good to him, I'll put him on staff in my church. Don't mess with me. Come on. I told my church one time, I'm going to lighten this up for some of you who are tightening up. I hung over the pulpit whenever I was in my, my 60s and I started going to what's called changes. Uh, and uh, anyway, I mean, I, they'd have fans blowing on me and everything else. It took like a hurricane fan and my hair would be blowing out straight this way and I'd be preaching. Well, all of a sudden I realized, hey, when I turn 67, I can get, I can get Social Security. <laughs> and David, from the time I turned, right before, I mean, from the time I was 60, he kept telling, <laughs> he kept, he kept telling every store that or restaurant we went into, whether it's IHOP or whatever, he said, "Do you give senior discounts?" Now, he couldn't stand it until I got senior discount, even though he was a senior and would do the, do the senior discount thing. But we'd walk in, and he'd say, uh, uh, she's pretty close to being 62, but you think you could give her? I said, David. I am not 62, and, and honey, it's all right. You go ahead. We'll, we'll pay full price, and I'll eat that omelet with joy. Amen? <laughs> but when I turned 67 and a half, Something happened to me. 
I got cocky. And uh, I don't know, they were kind of sitting there and I was kind of, you know, melting in front of them like a popsicle preaching up a storm. And they're back there looking at their watch and they're, they're looking at their phones and I'm preaching and all of a sudden something come out in me called old ager. And I hung over the top of that pulpit and I said, I'm going to tell y'all something. And they all, I got all their attention. All of them turned their phones off and all of them set up straight like, what are you going to say, Mama? I said, I ain't putting up with you no more. <laughs> I did it. I promise. I did it. And David's going, oh, God, Gloria, do I need to go back into business? Gloria, you just ruined it. <laughs> Come on. And I said, I ain't putting up with this no more. I'm going to tell you something. You either get God or you don't get God. You either work or you don't work. And you get filled with the Holy Ghost speaking tongues or you don't. But I'm telling you, don't mess with me. I'm a senior at 67 and a half. And I'm, a, come on, I'm on Social Security. I don't need you. I ain't missing you at all. <laughs> come on. I can't believe I did that. Come on. I said, I make more on Social Security than you pay me in half a, half a month. Come on. Y'all still with me? And I got back up in there, and the Lord said, stop it, glory. That's enough. Okay. But God, what he was saying here, he's saying, God, this is a big vision. You've showed me a lot of things. I've been a lot of places, God, and I've done a lot of things, been with a lot of people. But God, now you've really loaded me down with a bunch of yahoos. You've loaded me down with people. I don't know quite how to deal with them. I really don't. Uh, they complain. They bellyache about stuff all the time. They won't come to church. And then whenever we try to, try to raise money for the kingdom of God, they say, uh, Pastor, you don't understand. We've got bills to pay. You need to lighten up, baby. Come on. This baby don't lighten up. You listening to me? Because I found out that I am a carrier of the anointing and the fire of God. I am a carrier of the glory of God. And you know what? I never said that in my entire ministry, but when I woke up from my sleep today and I went and sat down at the desk in the hotel, I said, God, I don't feel like you want me to take this other thing that, that I was going to talk about. It's, it's for another place, another time. See, you have to know, you have to have the right message at the right time and you have to say the right thing to the right crowd are you listening to me and anyway I, I picked up a pen and I said God what am I going to talk about? He said, tell them there's joy in the house of the Lord. Tell them there's peace in the house of the Lord. Tell them everything they need is in the house of the Lord. Tell them I will supply in the house of the Lord. And I said, oh God. And he said, and tell them this. Tell them that they are carriers of my anointing. They are carriers of the fire. You are a carrier. Are you listening to me? And honey, you should be a dead 
addictive to everyone around you. Every time you walk into a building, you ought to be able to be led to somebody. You say, well, pastor, I'll tell you, I've went out before and can't find anybody. Honey, in an airport where there's 1,500 people trying to uh, get on planes and you can't ask God, God, where do you need me? What do you want me to do? Do you need my mouth? Honey, I don't need a pulpit to get out and do what I'm doing. Matter of fact, the first few years of my life, I taught first grade girls. I taught the uh, uh, second grade girls. I taught the Sunday schools. I taught, uh, I was in youth. I was singing the choir. I'd get up and I'd say, Father, where can you use me today? My God, you know, church once a week ought to be enough. <laughs> you know, I mean, my God, you know, you're, you're teaching first grade girls and second grade girls and third grade girls and 16-year-olds and singing in the choir. You think I feel sorry for you sitting like you're sitting? No, I don't feel sorry for anybody that doesn't work for God. I don't feel sorry for you a bit. You know why? Because one day you'll stand before him. And having done what he told you to do... God may not tell you, I, I say this all the time, and I, I, I've said it for 50 years, and I'm going to say it again. God may not call you to go to Africa and eat monkey meat. <laughs> Come on. That may not be your calling. That one little girl that met me, I don't even know where she's at now, but she has a, a smile that'll light up the night. And she walked up and just hugged me and said, I'm so glad you're here, and I just love that you're here. That's who. That's that carrier. That's the carrier in the grocery store. When, when maybe someone drops a, uh, not a banana, let's not do that one. How about an orange? <laughs> Come on. That's called slipping on the field. Come on. <laughs> that ought to be a song, Don't Bruise My Banana. No, that's not a good song either. Anyway, whenever, God help me, whenever, come on, whenever you drop an orange on the floor and, and you see an old woman trying to pick it up or an old man with a cane, instead of you kicking it underneath the counter and looking at him say, get that out of my way. Why don't you go up and say, honey, why don't you let me do that for you? When you see an old woman that's maybe counting her money, she's on uh, Social Security, maybe Medicare, amen, Medicaid, and uh, you see her counting pennies. It would not hurt your little self to go over there and take some money out of your own pocket and say, honey, why don't you let me pay that bill for you? You say, well, she's got food stamps. Come on, shut your face. That's not a God. That's not a God thought. You know, my mother, when she passed away at almost 80, she was legally blind. She could see peripheral vision and from the side. And my mama had two TVs working. She had a TV over here and a TV over here. And one of them had sound and the other one had, <laughs> didn't have a picture. And she'd do this back and forth. And I want to tell you, my mama, when she would go to a store, I was over buying something one day and we, I took her to the grocery store. And I heard mama saying, honey, would, uh, that's too high. For me to reach that man age, you think you could help me? Well, yeah. She said, I'm blind. You know, I'm, I'm blind and a little hard of hearing, little nothing. She had selective hearing. Come on. <laughs> she heard you when she wanted to hear you. Come on. <laughs> but I heard Mama saying, can, can, can I say this? I heard Mama. 
Now, I, I can preach hell. If you want, you want to hear hell, I'll, I'll tell you all about hell. I can preach hell to you. <laughs> you want to go to heaven? My God, I can get you there. Amen. But all of a sudden, I, I uh, heard Mama saying, Honey, could you, would you mind helping me get that mayonnaise? I can't get it. It's too high. And, you know, I have trouble with, with my, my, I can't see good and I can't hear good. And I've really been having trouble with my knees. And, well, yeah, honey, well, I'll help you. And she said, and whenever the little girl handed her, I just turned around the corner and seen my mama. And I thought, Mama, you're up to it again. And when she put the mayonnaise in my mama's hand, mama grabbed her hand. Yeah, David knows her. David knows my mama. <laughs> he ought to. And she got older. She'd say, would you and your brother paint my toenails? <laughs> I'm serious. She didn't care. She was raised in a family of 11 kids and brothers that were 6'5 and 6'7 and 6'8, big tall guys. Mama could fight. Man, you didn't mess with my mama. She was almost six foot tall. You didn't mess with her. But mama grabbed that girl's hand and she said, honey, do you know Jesus? And I just thought, I'm going to let mama do this one. And I just prayed. I said, father, thank you for my mother. And that little girl said, no, I've been out of church for a lot of years because I went through divorce and I've got two kids and I work all the time. And did you know my mother stood there and talked to that girl, leaning over that basket for 30, 40 minutes? And when I looked back around, that girl was weeping and crying. Mama took her phone number. She took Mama's phone number. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm telling you, you don't need my ministry. My ministry, no one notices my ministry. It is not about your ministry. It's not whether you play the drums, the guitar. Honey, what do you do outside of this house? What are you doing out there? Who are you loving out there? Come on, come on. What the world needs now, sing it. Well, we got some old people in here. <laughs> Need love. You need someone that will love no matter what. Come on, no matter if they have blue hair, if they have tattoos. Honey, tattoos don't scare me off, but they've got devil tattoos. I don't care if they, come on, they can have Hail Mary full of grace written all over the back. I don't care. Come on, or three Hail Marys full of grace. I don't care. I don't care if they have Mickey Mouse across their face. Honey, on the inside of that man or that woman, if God leads you to them, tell them about Jesus. We have such a short time. Say, talk about yourself, Pastor. Your time's running out. Come on. I walked up to some people on the back, and I, they were sitting there, and they were weeping and crying. And I, I don't tell my age very often, just probably every two weeks whenever I want sympathy. I get so mad in my church sometimes. We've got a huge platform and a lot of steps. You've been there. I mean, listen, it's, it's, it's like climbing Mount Everest for me or whatever that is. And every time I go down that step, I've been walking down that. I've been walking down those steps for 35 years. And for some reason, they're wanting to build ramps. They're wanting, they're wanting, they're wanting to have, they're wanting to have some bars put, you know, uh, whatever you call those. And I said, you're not doing it. I don't want that. 
But then my husband decided people are wanting to do something for Pastor Gloria. And David said, I'll tell you, every time, every time she steps off that platform, a couple of you guys sit down there and when you see her coming off. But you know what? All it did was challenge me. There was something in me that's that kicking baby in the womb. And every time, come on, I've got police officers that are on force all the time. I'll tell you, when you're a woman preaching like I preach, it's all right to be a woman, but to talk like I do, I mean, listen, I've got assassins coming after me. I've got, come on, I have to have all kind of security around me all the time. Someone says, why do you need all that? I said, they volunteer, I don't care. Come on, they can volunteer. Evangelistic spirit again. Come on. Can't do it now. I told them, are you going to move so I can get out of here? <laughs> oh, laugh. It's not going to hurt you. Come on. Come on. And I told, I told, <laughs> God, I'm losing it. You better help me. Take me out of here, Lord. Come on. So, did I forget my story? Dee Dee's covering her face. Oh, God, mother, don't do it. Don't do it. But it got to the point where I'd be under the anointing and they'd come running. And I said, stop, stay where you're at. I got it. I got it. I got it. I said, I got it. I might be 75 going on 76, but I've got it. I'm going to live to 159, maybe 160. Come on. Come on. Promise. Huh? Three score and 20. Is that the promise? You know the only reason we lost life? You want to know why we have lost life? Because of sin. We could live 900 years. Come on. And I don't know about you, but if God wants to, come on. Huh? If any could be a was not, I can be an, an, an am not and be walking still at 100 or 200 years old. Why can't you understand the promises of God? I'll keep you. I'll keep you in health. God's never going to ask you to do something you can't do. He equips you. Quit trying to equip yourself. Quit trying to run into stuff that is not God. And Moses, I'm going to get back to preaching now. He said, you found favor. Please show me now your way that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence, watch this, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. What more could you ask? Huh? When David walked away from all of his businesses of 26 years, whenever I came into this church and I finally offered to take a church because God spoke to me and said, glory from this place, this is your headquarters from this place, I'll take you all over the world just like I told you and he did over and over and over. See, if, if, if the trumpet were to sound right now, People, I've done what God told me to do. If I were to drop dead right here, right now, I would have already fulfilled what God had. Come on, he's already done it. Why is it we have such a hard time with living and breathing and doing and walking and talking and being who God wants us to be? And Moses said, Moses, Moses, when he had a child, he was almost 100 
mean, hey. I mean, hey. <laughs> hey, <laughs> come on. Hey. Y'all still with me? I had to make sure you're awake. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, if your presence, do not bring me up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight? I and your people. Is it? Come on. So what God is telling you, you are the remnant we have got to build up again. You can't just sit down and say, well, I guess it's over. It doesn't matter how old we are. People, I've never felt 75. I never felt, well, listen, even when I was in my 20s, I felt like I was 12. Come on. Y'all still with me? Are you following what I'm trying to tell you? You are carriers. You are carriers of the vision of heaven. You're carriers of the vision of our Lord. You're the carriers of Jesus whenever he committed it to Peter. It wasn't that Peter was so great. He wasn't too good. He forsook the Lord. Huh? God knew what he was going to do, and yet God called him. And then he said, Peter, upon this rock, and he's talking to a pebble. Upon this rock, speaking of Jesus, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Well, guess what? Hell is right here trying to do that. It is right at our door. We are in an end time, end time, end time before the trumpet. We're right here. There's nothing else that needs to happen. And God said, if you'll read over in the book of Matthew, you know exactly what it said. He said, in the last day, what? Huh? Have you looked at the floods going on right now? Are you looking at them? Big freeways and bridges breaking. I turned it on today and people being washed away and people are saying, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, someone help them, someone help them. But people, I want to tell you something. We are the somebody. I said, we are the somebody. We've got to have mercy. We've got to have compassion. If we don't care, if we don't care how in the world. And Moses said, if you'll go with me. And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do. Because you have found favor in my sight. Look down at verse number 18. And Moses said, now here it is. Moses said, verse number 18, please show me your glory. How has it been since you've been in his presence? How long has it been? Since you felt his grace, how long has it been since he walked you through the fire? How long has it been? How long has it been since you felt that presence? This is what God, he gave you a taste of glory this morning and people, it was all over this building. And he showed you the Shekinah this morning. People said, Pastor, it's like a cloud was in here. I'd, I'd rub my eyes and say, Pastor, but I can still see it. And all God's doing is seeing whether or not you're going to trust him with a word that he sent to your church, into your area. Did you know that you'll be judged according to what you did for him? Come on. You're going to be judged, and that judgment is a good judgment. It's not condemning you. You're going to be rewarded, but you're also going to be judged by what you did not do. 
Well, I was going to go to prayer meeting. I was going to do this. I was going to read the word. I was going to get deeper in God. Well, why don't you quit singing the songs about more? Come on. Why don't you quit singing that song more about? Because as you're singing those songs, that is your voice of dedication to God. That is that covenant God that's up there listening and he's listening to you. Come on. Come on. For I've touched the hem of your garment and I have felt the leading of your hand and today my eyes look much higher to see the face of the great, the great I am. More of you, Jesus. More of your face. More of your glory in this place. Come on, Krista. More of you, Jesus. Come on, musicians, all of you. I don't know why God doesn't let me preach a whole page of notes. It makes me mad. Could it be he wanted me to read them for myself? Maybe the message. You can take all the notes you want to. You can take all the notes you want to. Everyone comes through here, you can have pages of notes. But if you don't do anything with those notes, my mother used to say, I can see you too, you're getting ready to laugh. Because <clears throat> we're about the same age. Doesn't amount to a hill of beans. I used to ask mother, how much is a hill of beans worth? Now that's really stupid. She said, you want to count them, Gloria? And I think that's kind of what I did half of my life. Did things that didn't amount to a hill of beans. But today, God's calling you. He's telling you to catch and be the bearer of his glory. That's what he's saying. Do you understand? His glory. And when he said to Peter, I'm handing you this. I'm giving you the keys to my kingdom. God told me years ago in Oklahoma City, in a huge conference, and I wasn't the preacher. I was just sitting up in the balcony. I didn't want anyone to see me. It's called Pentecost, the day of Pentecost. And I was hiding because I didn't want to sit in a certain section because they had Baptists here and Catholics here and they had little nuns everywhere and little priests everywhere. And whenever I looked from the balcony, the nuns looked like penguins. <laughs> and they were dancing. This has been about 40 years ago. And they were, they were dancing and the priest walked up and took his collar off. He said, I know this bothers some of you. And he took it off and laid it and he preached like a Holy Ghost preacher. And I remember we were told, don't attend that. It was a charismatic type thing. Don't attend that. My presbyter called me and said, don't get involved with that now, Gloria. Don't, don't, don't you get involved in that. I said, okay. But I heard the voice of the Lord. You're not getting involved in some things because you're listening to other people's voices. You're listening to everyone else, your own voice. But you're not listening to God. 
you found favor with God. Every one of you in this building, under the sound of my voice, have found favor with God. You're here tonight because you're the remnant. Huh? I, I, I don't ever look at a Sunday morning and call them the cream of the crop. I never do. Wednesday night, I never call them the cream of the crop. You know who I call right now the remnant? Those that love God more than anything in this life, who love the church. I love to be in church. But son, it's not, and daughter, it's not. It's not just being in the church. I love the presence of God. I live on that presence. And as they were, those little nuns were dancing and doing all the stuff they were doing, and several, several preachers, full gospel businessmen, they were there back years ago, you know, wherever they were. And I was hiding up in the corner. And I said, God, why won't you let me be where I, my little, my little thing, I'm supposed to be there. They said, Mr. God, I need to get over there and be with my kids over there and people know me. God said, Gloria, go on the balcony. Three balconies, I'm sitting up and I'm watching nuns dance. It looked like penguins. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me. This has been over 40 years ago. He said, Gloria, from this day forth, you found favor in my sight. He said, I'm going to take you to places and I'm going to open doors that no man can open. And even when the door opens, they're going to wonder why they let you in. But he said, because you carry the anointing. And Gloria, I'm trusting you with the anointing. My pastor even walked up to me, went to lay hands on me. Didn't, didn't even know what I was asking at 26 years old in a big long prayer line at Faith Tabernacle in Oklahoma City. And he walked up to me and he started laughing. Brother Kenneth McGee, he went to be with the Lord here recently. Only pastor I've ever had and never wanted another pastor. I loved him. He had listened to me on streaming live all the time from Jim McNabb's church. Jim used to be his associate. And at the end, Brother McGee was senior, a senior's pastor. And I remember, I said, God, I, I don't understand why you want me up there. I don't understand, God, why in the middle of the night you tell me to get up and go to an airport or go to a bus station. You want to be led by God, you better listen for him. You better know his voice like you know the voice of your husband, your wife, your children. That's the reason whenever I say something, I'm not afraid to say something, even though it may seem hard. Because there's a gifting. You, you talk that, 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 that There's giftings that God gives you not to say. And listen, I don't always repeat what I say. I don't, or what I hear, I'm sorry. <laughs> Take that off the tape. Come on. Sometimes God just wants you to carry it. He don't want you to carry everything you know and everything he reveals. Why do you think it's important that you walk up and prophesy to everybody? Shame on you. Even, even the prophets of old in their lifetime had very few people. Come and say prophesy to him because they would not. If they heard from God, they would prophesy. Don't, don't get me on that makes me mad because I've seen people's lives destroyed 
because of someone who says they have a gift and they tell them, do this, do that. But God said, Gloria, you're a carrier. And when Pastor McGee looked at me, 26 years old, and he laughed and he said, that's what you want, Sister Gloria. That's what I want. He said, there's once. And I spun like a top. I spun around, literally. Like a, don't ask me to do that now. Come on, I can't, I can't do that one. And Brother McGee looked at me and I looked at him and he said, twice, hit me again. And I spun again. And then he looked at me and he said, the double anointing. I ran almost backwards to the back of that church and slid down against the floor. Why? Because I wanted him more than anything in this life. I breathe him. His word is in me. You say, you're a fanatic. That's what you are. That's your definition in the world. But the definition is in the word. Is that you're a child of God. You're a carrier of the glory. When Oral Roberts took my hand and said what he said, that was 20 years after the double anointing. Huh? And then years later, I saw Brother Roberts right before he died. And I'm sitting right next to Oral Roberts. The anointing's worth it. It's hard. It's a lonely road. People will criticize you. They'll laugh at you. You would think someone that carries the love of God would be the most popular person in town. They're only popular when people need them. They come to you when they're sick. They come to you when they've made mistakes. They come to you when they've lost it all. But guess what? I take them in my arms. An old drunk can come into our church and we have a big, beautiful church. But you know what? I forget about all those that want to be prophesied and I'll go to that old drunk and I'll say, son, why did it take you so long? He said, I don't know. And I said, honey, you're loved. When, when did we start kicking people on the street? When did we start criticizing people that have tattoos and tats and piercings? No. We're going to love her. Well, honey, you know now, now, you give your heart to the Lord, you need, you need to get that off there. <laughs> just cut it off. Just, just cut that arm <laughs> off and just sacrifice it unto the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the past, they would eat stuff like that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Molech, they would eat flesh. What are you talking about? Lift your hands to God right now. Spirit of the living God. God, I'll go, but who's going to go with me? God will send you people. He'll send you people. 
Jesus, come into this room. Manifest yourself. God, come in your power and come in your might. And sitting up in that balcony, the Spirit of the Lord said, Gloria. Now remember this 45 years ago, he said, I don't want you to do church work anymore. Quit putting a label on yourself. He said, I want you to reach out to all people. I want you to love them for me. Come on. And as time goes on, he'll give you instruction. See, back years ago, they didn't have blue hair and all that stuff. But they've got it now. And they're your kids. They're your grandchildren. Everyone stand to your feet. Spirit of the living God. So God said, hold, hold on, don't, don't. Honey, the cake's still hot. I can't put the icing on it yet. <laughs> that was good, wasn't it? Yeah. Until Exodus 34 and 8, until we can bow our heads before God, until we can surrender to Him, that says, God, I love you more. I love you more, more than yesterday. I love you more. than ever before I love you more I love you more and I love you more come on <laughs> more than yesterday 1946 turn around and look up there turn up there and look what does that say 1946 that's the year of my birth huh and I came to this city come on you were the second revival I ever had the first one just didn't receive me real good now it's 1947 and 48 49 2022 Oh, I love you, I love you more than ever before. Y'all having a hard time following me, I'm sorry. That's what me and God do together. Oh, it's more than the air I breathe, more than the next I see, more than the next heart beat. Oh, more than anything. And Lord, as time goes by, I know I'll be by your side. Cause I never want to go back to my old life. And I love you more. Do you love him that much? 
It's more than the air I breathe, more than the song I sing, more than the next heartbeat. to pray up here. I want them all to come. Yeah, you, you know who they are. You have to be careful in your church who, who you let lay hands on people. So, what, 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 what God is saying what God is saying right now. A pastor, I want you to put the oil on the hands of your people. And the reason I'm doing this, because I get no glory at all. And see, I said God was going to do something tonight. I believe God wants to heal you. You have something that needs to be taken out of your family. There's something that attacks, and it's been a long time, but God wants to heal you completely. And I don't care who's prayed for you. I'm not going to lay hands on you. But while I was standing over there, I said, God, if you don't do anything, touch her and touch her family because they're good people. This attack is of the devil. It's not a God thing. And you think, listen. Do you, think, do you think God is going to let you stand up here and sing 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 and not touch you? Don't you know He loves you? Don't you know you're the apple of His eye? Don't you know you have favor with Him? Uh-huh. So I'm not going to lay hands on you. I just ask the Master. God, heal her and heal her child. Take this out of their family. God didn't put that curse there. That type of sickness. Y'all still in here? I want, I want to ask all of you that are going to pray. I'm going to tell you what I told nine deacons when I took the church. I walked in and I talked to each one of them. I'd been voted in in an Assembly of God church, 100%, 100% the first time, because I refused to give up the evangelistic field. And they voted me in indefinite. I said, I won't come any other way. We've got to have you. I, I'm not coming any other way, because your church has no walls. And when God calls me out, I'll go, but I'll make sure the pulpit's always covered. And it'll grow. And that salary that you give me, that's pocket change to me. When I was on the field 35 years ago, I would bring 180,000 and more every year, never asking for anything, just serving. Huh? And that didn't include tape sales. We're not going to talk about cassette tapes <laughs> or really CDs anymore. But I asked those deacons, and I'm telling you this because I want you to be totally honest with me. 
because some miracles depend on you. Not your power, but your heart. The anointing, you're a carrier of the anointing in your heart. And I asked the deacons one by one. And then when I got through all nine of them, I said, all of you are fired. What? You're all fired. I'm here indefinite. And you're fired. Unless you go with the vision of God. A deacon board should never control the vision of God. It's not your job to do that. Your job is to hold up. This man's called to nations too, don't you know? And he's young. He's going to get old like me one day. <laughs> and the deacons looked at me and said, What, Pastor? So I'm going to tell you the same thing. When you lay hands on people, I want your hearts to be clean. If you're mad at somebody, get over it right now. If you've got unforgiveness in your heart, get, up, get over it because the anointing cannot flow through a heart that holds bitterness, all that type of stuff, or sin of any kind. So give them a chance. And David, I want you to sing Spirit of the Living God. And I want you all just lift your hands for a minute. I'm very careful. Listen, I've, I've taken teams of people. In, in crusades with me because I needed help. But I don't want to answer to God one day, said, Glory, you, you call someone out and had them lay hands and say, Glory, that, that person wasn't right with God. I don't want God. But I believe every one of you are right. I don't detect anything, but I want you to settle it with yourself. Just stretch your hands toward these, these men and women of God and just start singing right now. Spirit of the living God. Father, I thank you right now. I thank you for your presence. And Father God, as they begin to pray for people, God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit, God, I don't ask this for me, God. I'm too far down the road, God. I don't need any type of glory. God, I've learned, don't touch your glory. And Father, I ask right now, God, that you would stretch out your mighty hand. God, that healing would come. That healing would come, Father. Because these, these literally, these carry the anointing. They carry the fire, Father. They're carriers, God. And Father God, what they have, I want it to, to go off into every life. In the powerful name of Jesus. Powerful name of Jesus. And Pastor, I'm going to let you direct what you, how you want them to pray and call the people. And I'm going to help them a little bit. I want those of you that are down here right now, and there's others out here that I want you to turn around and face the crowd. If you've got a need tonight, I want you to step out from where you're at. Those of you that are praying, I want you to listen to me. This is a gift. It's a gift person coming it doesn't earn it the person praying doesn't earn it this is a gift we're operating in the gift of healing tonight i want you right now to move out if you got a need in your body in your spirit in your home come on come on just come down here we're going to lay hands on you we're going to begin to pray come on begin to magnify the lord god is doing something in this house god is doing something in this house right now come on i need come on Lance, Chris, 
Gus, come help. Praise God. Lift your hands to the Lord. Come on. If you got a need, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, Andrew, come help me. Come help me. Jesse, come here.
you all over this room tonight. I just want you to lift your hands. Those of you that are in the altar, you just continue doing what you're doing. You're all right. You're all right. You're all right. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to pray with me for a release. Father, we pray, Lord God, for release from heaven. Release from heaven, Lord. 
release, Father, of revelation, knowledge, and understanding. Walking in your spirit. Lord, let your voice, God, let your voice, Father God, be discernible, Lord God. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 More than the air I breathe. Come on. I love you more. Come on, let's sing it. Sing it. be your declaration. question what would it look like if you just let go of that thing just let it go you know that thing that thing that you don't want anybody to know about that thing that you're ashamed to speak about that thing deep down in your heart that you think everybody if they found out they would they would just turn the other way that, that thing that you've been carrying around and around and dragging and dragging and dragging and it's been dragging you down. You got to nurse it like it's 
needs to be fed every day. It's demanding. What if you just went ahead and let it go and just go ahead and surrender the whole thing to the Lord? Could you be healed? Could you be set free? Could you be delivered? What if right now is your time? What if this moment right here, all of that shame you've been carrying around, what if all of a sudden you just let it go and said, okay, Lord, I'm just going to trust you with it. How about let's do it this way? Why don't we offer it to the Lord as a sacrifice of praise? Well, is that a little bit better? Just go ahead and it, it's your father who is here in the room and he's saying, I want the thing that you're, you're, you're holding on to. I want that from you. I want to take it from you because it's hurting you and I'm tired of watching you be injured by that. I want to take it from you. Would you please give it to me? Would you just please let it go? Would you just release it? into my hand and let me have it and do something useful with it could could that not change everything your father's asking for it right now father in the name of the lord jesus christ we surrender we surrender, Lord God. We let it go. That sense of self-worth, Lord, we let it go. That insecurity, Lord, we let it go. That shame and the pain of our past, Father, we let it go. Lord God, that regret, Lord God, of what we could have done, what we should have done, Lord God. We let it go, Lord, tonight. Lord, we release it to you. Oh God, it is so shameful, Lord God. We don't want to talk about it. We don't even want to mention it to you. But Lord, we just want to let it go tonight. We're just going to release it into your hands, Lord God. Lord, we don't know what to do with it anymore. We're going to offer it to you as a sacrifice of praise. Just say, Lord, we surrender. We surrender. We give it to you, Lord God. We give it to you, Lord God. All of the regret, all the remorse, all of the, every bit of the shame. Don't hold on to any of it, church. Let it go. Let it go. If you can release it to God, you will be released in this house tonight. If that's for you tonight, just let it go. Let it go. If you need prayer for anything tonight, step out. Worship team is going to play the song. We've worked these guys tonight. But if you've got a need, I don't want you to leave this house. I want you to make your way down. It doesn't matter what it is. We're going to give you just a moment more, then we're going to close this service. If this is you tonight, come on. Come on.
Show us something here at the altar tonight. Would you come give that burden to the Lord? You have signed the title deed over to Him. It's not yours anymore. If the enemy comes and wants to inquire of that thing, he's got to take it up with your father. Speak to my attorney. I can't even talk about this. You, you got to talk to my attorney. He's, he's the one has got the, I don't know anything about it. It's not mine. I've signed it over. It belongs to him. He can do whatever he wants to. Are you hearing me? When he comes and he wants to bring your shame back up, say, I, I'm sorry, I can't talk to you about that because I, I've signed it over. It belongs to him. And there's client attorney privileges you, you got to talk to him come on when you talk about your regret Don I'm sorry it's probably just me but could you turn me up just a little bit it you get to the place folks where you realize it's not yours anymore that abuse that you suffered as a child it's not yours anymore that I'm telling you I know what I'm talking about Ten years of my life being sexually abused by a stepfather. You carry a measure of shame. But when you sign that over, it's not yours anymore. But when the enemy wants to bring it up, you say, you're going to talk to my Lord. Because I don't know anything about it. It's not mine. I'm not in denial. I've been released. I'm free. The, the mistakes that I have made in my life, the people that I have hurt, there's a guilt that can be associated with that. You get to sign that over too. Let him have it. You show me a person in here who hasn't failed miserably in their life. He's already come and he's ascended to the Father. The only way we'd not we won't fail as if we just keep trusting in him. Father, we just thank you this night. Lord, you've reached way down deep. 
to bring transformation. We sign it over to you. Lock, stock, and barrel, Lord God, we belong to you. We're yours. And you are ours. And we just thank you tonight for the, what you have done. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. You can continue as long as you like tonight. If the worship team's got anything left in the tank, you guys can just keep worshiping. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know. Y'all play something, sing something. We'll do something.
your family healed your loved ones coming into God I speak revival in every house revival in every house Holy Spirit send forth your angels and minister send forth the power of the Holy Spirit God take down everything that's wicked in our nation right now Father God break every chain break this chain off the neck of the church Father God break it Father God, clean out. Clean out everything that's not of you. God, take it out. God, every wicked ruler, Father. God, we pray for those that are in authority. But God, whenever they turn against the ways of God, we pray for God to intervene. And God, that's what I pray right now, that you're going to walk into that White House. You're going to walk into every department, into Congress. You're going to walk in, God, God, to every, every quarter, Father. Every quarter, every, every office. God, I've walked into Washington. I've been there with Brother Hagee. Come on. I've been to Israel with Brother Hagee ministering. People, I know the power of God. You want revival in your city. You want revival in your family. Come on. If you have children that are tangled in homosexuality, come on. Alcoholism, drugs, witchcraft, whatever it is. Just break every chain. There is healing. 